You there! Place your belongings in one of the receptacles. Go on then! All of them! Inside. Well, sir, madam, whatever you are, come this way. The hive is unlike a traditional establishment. You may stand and observe as long as you wish, but if you'd like a drink, well. Prohibition on the sale, production, importation, and transportation of alcoholic beverages in the United States began in 1920. It ended in 1933, but in 1920, people didn't know that yet. That's why a mysterious eccentric created the Jive Hive. that managed <coughs> manages to skirt the laws of prohibition by circumventing the laws of time and space. The price of a drink? Just your soul. <coughs> that is your soul-bearing tale of love, betrayal, revenge, courageous feats, and or general interest. Enough dawdling chives! Show our guest around, and be quick about it! You take the stage soon. Yes, Master. <clears throat> if you would bring your attention to the center of the hive, you'll find the bar constructed of an ancient iron woods the Master obtained through jolly good extortion. The hulking creature behind it is the bartender. He's often a rather loquacious chap. However, the master has granted him a special case of Lemire's disease for being late to a shift. The master is most generous with his gifts. We have special tenants living in the depths below the bar. They are, well, you'll meet them soon enough. The kitchen is up the stairs to the left of the bar. To the left of the stairs rests the restroom wherein rests the items one has deposited in the receptacle at the door, and much more the things of one's deepest, darkest dreams, a nebulous treasure trove of desire and lust. But one needs much more than a token story to rest in the restroom. You'll find the coat room to the left of the restroom, the goat room to the left of the coat room, the moat room to the left of the goat room, the defibrillator room to the left of the moat room, the gates of despair leading to the dungeon to the left of the defibrillator room, the gates leading to the maze leading to the entrance of the hive to the left of the gates of despair leading to the dungeon. 
Seating and lounge area one to the left of the gates leading to the maze. Lounge area ducks to the left of the lounge area one. Skelly Bowles, the jilted cabaret lizard, scowling in the corner to the left of the lounge area ducks. Left of lounge areas do and true. The band to the left of lounge area true. The stage to the left of the band. Lounge areas nematode, hopsichord, and zebulon to the left of the stage. And speaking of the stage, it is time to go on. Adieu, homeplace and patron. Ladies, gentlemen, lords, lasses, samurai, and space shocks. And lizard women. Bienvenue, ah, la jive hives. Open heart, literally. Open mic. Let us cut open the night with a delightful dab of cotton candy from darling little Peggy from... Um, when are you from, Peggy? Oh, never mind. We'll figure it out. The giant hand reached out from the hole in the wall and tugged the mowing man's pull cord, as it had every morning for decades untold. Smoke puffed out his ears as the blade within his mouth began whirring, as the engine in his chest combusted to rattling life. He raised his rigid arms thrice and rotated his legs over the edge of his wooden bed and placed his leaden feet on the bare wood floor and bolted upright, hinging at the hip. The tiny wheels on his toes carried him on the straight line from his bedroom through the unfurnished kitchen and out the front door. The sunlight gleamed off his silver skin and scattered in the petroleum jewels of his eyeballs. His neck squeaked as he eyed the thousand lawns lining Bleecker Street, a thousand trimmed graminoid canvases. He rolled down the ramp from his door to the sidewalk, passed his cement yard, and marked his path to the left. He waited for the sun to burn off the last of dew and approached the first yard. His wheel toes nudged the grass wall as his torso bolted down snapping his head forward, leaving his mouth mere inches above the ground. The rattling hum from his chest engine rose to a roar as he opened his mouth and unleashed the whirling blade. His wheels skinned the concrete as he attacked the lawn, cutting a damask, a fire track, and narrow leaf density. He appeared a grassing dervish to the neighbors, watching him from their windows and shaded porches. Completing his first pass, he surveyed standing erect with his swiveling neck and descended upon an imperfect patch. Satisfied, he moved on to the next lawn, and the next, and the next, and the next, exposing a unique arabesqued mosque on each. A child pushing a toy lawnmower ran out of his parents' garage to greet the mowing man. 
The boy smiled at the mowing man, his teeth reflecting the silver man's gleaming skin, and patted him on the back of his leg. You ready to go, Slowpoke? Looking up in the mowing man's petroleum-jeweled eyes, Come on! The two cut the lawn in tandem, the mowing man slowing to match the lagging child. The design was a jagged, yard-wide smiling face with a conquistador mustache and buck teeth. Come back tomorrow, okay? The child patted the mowing man's leg. His motionless metal face seemed to stare down at the child for a moment, then turning, continued down the block. The heat of his engine formed condensation on his silver skin, and when the light grazed him just right, the condensation looked like sweat. A skater gang observed the mowing man at work as the sun beat down overhead. What's up with that guy? What does he do with all that grass? Maybe he eats it. What a pansy. They crossed the mowing man's working curb and skated in a line, catcalling. Punk ass, why don't you catch some grind? What do you do with all that grass? And the dwarf on rollerblades. Later, dude. The mowing man ignored them, as he ignored them every day. No one knew if his ears caught sound or were mere decor. He continued mowing the 600 block, then the 7th, then the 8th, and then the 9th. The old man in the triple-decker at 937 watched the mowing man's creation from the high balcony every evening. He saw each textured grass blade dance in the setting sun on the thousand-lawn damask curtain. The mowing man reached the thousandth lawn under a pink sky as the sun inched below the horizon. It was a small lawn, two patches divided by a cracked cement walkway. He dispatched the patches quickly and parked in front of the tiny house. And me, dressed in cotton candy pastels, came outside with a pressure hose and I blasted the grass-stained mowing man clean. I smiled and invited him inside as I had every night for the past year. He paused to dry off in the fan-lined vestibule. I had discovered early on that the mowing man was prone to rust, so I took out a bottle of synthetic from the cupboard and pushed the mowing man's neck down, exposing his intake valves. And I poured the contents into one and asphyxed a small vacuum tube to the other, siphoning out the old oil. The mowing man had once changed his own oil. He used his wall to hold the bottle and knocked his head down by reverse ramming a cabinet. His joints rusted as the years wore on and he was no longer able to perform the routine maintenance. His engine thudded loud enough that the street council had discussed labeling him a public safety hazard. Well, until he met me. That night, the mowing man sat down with inflexible legs extended at the kitchen table as I cooked myself dinner and talked about my work at the diner and tennis with the girls and various street gossip. The mowing man stayed until I talked myself to sleep every night. On that night, however, my boyfriend came home early. He kicked open the door and threw his sweaty undershirt and billy club on the table, head turned, absent-mindedly undressing. Hey there, woman! Where's my dinner? I work hard! He noticed the mowing man sitting in the recliner near the couch, and he picked up the billy club 
and he threw it at the mowing man. It connected, spinning his swiveling head around backward. He slammed the couch, which is what woke me up. He yelled, The hell I told you about that thing, woman! Get out! Go on, get! I around here again! I'm a stuff you full of dynamite! Aw, get the whole force on you! The mowing man rolled out the front door and returned to his decrepit wooden home. He backed in through the front door, through the unfurnished kitchen, and landed bolt right in his bed, with back to the wall as his engine puttered out for the night. The giant hand reached out from the hole in the wall and tugged the mowing man's pull cord as it had every morning for decades untold. The cord snapped as the giant hand pulled back into the hole in the wall. The mowing man's engine caught and started with a whimper, wheezing smoke out of his ears. He swiveled his head around back, seeming to stare at the broken pull cord. He stayed seated in that manner until the bird song had finished. He snapped out of bed and raced to the curb. The sun had long since burned away the last of the dew. He attacked the lawns with frantic fury, alien to his previous demeanor. He cut images of star maps, mountain vistae, and sprawling cities out of the grass. The child was waiting with his toy lawnmower as the mowing man reached his yard. You're late today! The boy punched the mowing man's leg. You better make it up to me! The mowing man bent down at the boy for some time, then taking charge, cut an image of the two smiling at work, mowing into the canvas. As the mowing man turned to leave, the boy said, Come back tomorrow, okay? Wavering, he continued down the street, making frenetic displays of graminoid passion and awe until the sun loomed high overhead and the skater gang passed by, catcalling. Punk ass! What you doing? Why don't you catch some grind? What are you doing with all that grass? Later, dude. The mowing man opened his mouth a bit letting out the sound of the engine and quickly moved to the back of the skater gang's line. They exchanged glances and a, hell yeah! The mowing man tore it up with the gang, catching some grind on the neighbor's metal fence and curbside over the space of four blocks. Then, bowing in respect, the mowing man resumed his mowing and the gang resumed their hoodlery. The old man in the triple deck at 9.37 noticed the odd artwork on the lawns and felt a creeping malaise. He fixed himself a stiff drink and retired inside, foregoing his sunset observance. The sky was a deep purple when the mowing man reached my house. I came outside, probably prattling along about how I was scared that something had happened to him because I was, and how I had heard strange talk from the diner folk because I had, and, and I'm sure he noticed my, my black and dried eye. But I cleaned off the caked grass and I dropped the hose when I saw that his pull cord was absent. And then my boyfriend arrived and he
he pulled the police car up to the curb and blared the sirens. I knew it! That's why I come early! I'ma fuck you up, metal man! And you're next, woman! He stepped out of the car, hitting his hand with a billy club, and approached the mowing man. He stared up into the blank, petroleum-jeweled eyes. The mowing man opened his mouth to the roar of the whirring blade, and snapped his head down and hinged at the hip, instantly chopping my boyfriend into a bloody fountain. His pieces rained onto the lawn, staining a heart pattern into the grass. The mowing man spun his head around toward me, and I stood speechless beneath the entrail rain. Then the mowing man rolled away from me as the last pieces of my boyfriend fell to the ground. His engine began puttering out, and he returned to his decrepit wooden home, finally stalling as he backed into bed. The giant hand reached out from the hole in the wall, as it had every morning for decades untold. But this morning, it found nothing to pull. But I know he's still with us. And they say that whenever it rains entrails, that's him giving some other asshole his due. Loyalty and carnage, the bartender gives you. Oh, what is that? I can't see from up here. Ah, a screwdriver. How perfect. Um, next, I present to you Scaly Bowls and the Lounge Lizard Cabaret. <laughs>
wonderful as always, Skelly. I fear for my species' safety. I am complacent patron. Where are you going? I I shall escort you out. Bandle, play something nice. Jive Hive is a basically Cyclops production, produced by Kyle Rebar, King of Carbs, and Kat Hegberg, who is basically a Cyclops. Narrated by Brian Lennon. Incidental music by AJ Lineski. Check him out at facebook.com slash foodstampstudio. Last call!